Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your favorite president here, your stand-up dictator rather than stand-up comedian, the original African dictator. Welcome to the next episode of If Comedians Rule the World. I did say to you from previous episodes that I will bring as many comics, those that I like, not that I don't dislike, I don't dislike any comic in the industry, but those that I feel connected to are the ones I will invite to my podcast. Uh, I have great pleasure in, in introducing the next guest. I met him, he might not remember, 11 years ago when I gave up running the country to perform comedy and it was my first gig in St. Albans. Uh, the name of the comedy club was Marlboro Comedy Nights. I had no idea what I was doing. I performed as a civilian prime minister. I killed it. I smashed it and died the next day at another gig. And Don Biswas was the one who was headlining that gig. Wow, what a night. He, he inspired me. And I said, uh, you know, it, I, I wish I never watched Don Biswas. Probably I wouldn't have continued performing comedy. Uh, I really enjoyed his set. It was many, many years ago. He might not remember. It was in a, uh, in a pub, but in a pub in a, almost like in a, not necessarily tent, but it has a, an enclosed room. It was run by someone called Paul Revel and um, Andy, can't remember the names, but that's, you know, I, I, it was 11 years ago, I do remember. And I said, Don Biswas. And everybody was talking about it. Don, 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 Don Biswas. And um, he's been doing well. He's just recently been signed uh, by Adam Rushton. Uh, he's been on Radio 4 uh, recently, uh, and he's doing extremely well. And I'm sure it's only a matter of time before you see him on TV. Um, I'd like, with no further ado, because I have been often criticized that my introduction at my podcast is too long, and I should just let my guests come on. So I'd like to introduce to you Don Biswas. Hello, thanks for having us, uh, President. Um, uh, thanks for the wonderful introduction. I really appreciate that. Um, how are things going? Look, I cannot complain. I am just really, you know, there are some comics who just lift your spirit. And uh, I, I woke up this morning and Britain looked really grey. You know, it just looked really dead. By two o'clock, it felt yeah. like 7.30 p.m. And then I just realized that, oh, I am going to have a chat with Don Biswas later on this evening. He's going to lift my spirits. And, and, and that's exactly what's happened. I see you've grown a beard. What's what's the lockdown done to you? I just I've just grown it now, and I want to shape it. But because I'm dyspraxic with the coordination difficulties, if I try and shape it myself, it'll come out really horrible. So I'm going to wait until the lockdown ends and go to a barber's. Well, so you have your own barber, or you share barbers with other barber with other people? Yeah, I share barbers. Yeah, I just go to any local one. So oh, well, that, that's. I, how, how hygienic is that? I have my own barber at home. Uh, it's okay. I mean, uh, since the uh, pandemic, they've been actually more hygienic. They've been separating each of the clients, you know, uh, hand sanitizer and the usual stuff just to make it extra, extra clean. You know, I, I look at your background and it feels like you are calling, talking to me from outer space. It feels very like there's some kind of activity. It's got like alien activity surrounding you. Where, <laughs> where exactly are you? It's in my bedroom. Uh, uh, a lot of people said, because I've got Asperger's, I'm from a different planet anyway, so. 
But, so, uh, yeah, I, I need to get proper lights, but I've got the microphone and everything, so I hope I can get some good spotlights. Yeah. So, you, so you might be the first Asian alien that I am talking to. The AA, the Asian alien, yes. <laughs> Which There's not we've enough got, Asian aliens. There are not enough. <laughs> there are not. The thing is that we're, uh, earlier we were talking about immigration, and some people think all Asians are aliens. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really interesting, actually, because most aliens that you see are white, aren't you? They're, they're, it's like... You know, you never see black aliens or Asian aliens or yellow aliens. They're all just white from those American films. It's like when they say you never see a black or Asian ghost. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. There's racism. They, they, they've explored racism into the alien uh, world. But anyway, so you are doing well. I like your microphone. It looks you just bought it or it's something you have had for a yeah, while. It's new, relatively new. Yeah, definitely. Relatively new. Someone said I, I recommend it for gigs. So. Okay, so you carry this with you to gigs? I've done only once to where, because of the coronavirus, if they want actually use separate microphones and I used it, yeah. Ah, okay. So how is the, before we go into the, the topic for if comedians rule the world, how's the, um, how's the comedy scene right now? Some people say it's bumped down. It's like almost like Iraq. It's, it's, it's been invaded. It's been, it's been destroyed and it's trying to rebuild itself. What's, what's your view? Uh, it's weird. Uh, it's hard to explain. You, for me, it's been okay. I've been lucky. Since the pandemic started, uh, I was doing a lot of gigs for the Labour Party. And luckily, they were paid gigs. So I was doing two Zoom gigs a week. So that was nice. And then I started getting, because I took a lot of boxes. I'm a political comedian. I've got Asperger's, ADHD, and dyspraxia, which is coordination and organisational difficulties. So I was getting disabled gigs as well. A few of them were corporate. Uh, I know political comedian doing corporate gigs. <laughs> I was doing that as well. And yeah, and uh, I was doing a few other gigs here and there. So I, I, it didn't really affect me that much because before the pandemic, I was getting gigs, but I was getting paid the same anyway. So it wasn't too bad. And because I was a key worker, I work in a post room during the daytime, three days a week. So uh, on that front, uh, my, my income didn't change much. Oh, wow. Wow. That's brilliant to hear. And the, the previous guest I was talking to, uh, we were talking about how uh, the pandemic or pandemic, depending on where you sit in terms of your views, that uh, it's affected people very badly. But what's really interesting, and you have proven my point, that there are people who have changed their jobs, there are people who have got promoted, there are people who are making money from the pandemic, and that you know there are exciting things happening, despite the number of people, which is unfortunate, that have died, that, you know, this is also a change for some people and they're on the up rather than on the down. So it's good to hear that. Um, so I have, uh, what I tend to do with my comedians is, not my comedians, the people I invite to come and talk and spend some time with me, is to choose a particular topic that they would like to talk about. And as you know, the title of my podcast is If Comedians Rule the World. And you know what is really interesting? <laughs> when I uh, thought about this idea, many, many months ago, I thought I was the only one who thought about this idea if comedians rule the world. And then I found out <laughs> that there's been a TV show many, many years ago uh, focusing on people ruling the world and comedians ruling the world. But it's okay. It's, 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 it's what it is. But uh, we're, we're in 2020. I can't be accused of uh, doing an E4 or BBC Studios on, <laughs> on, anyone, else, on anyone else. So, Don, the floor is yours. What, what, what would you like to talk about? What would you like us to focus on 
because my listeners have um, been listening to uh, lots of comics. Uh, there was one person who spoke about immigration, someone focused on homelessness, someone focused on the vaccine. Uh, I just spoke to Spring Day. She was talking about how religion has affected uh, American elections. And there was someone who spoke about uh, freedom of rights and how that is being eroded. Uh, someone spoke about dictatorship, how Britain is now in a dictatorship. What is it exactly that you want to talk about that you're comfortable with that will uh, engage us both in a debate? Uh, I would like to talk about the pandemic. And before we start, you're talking about other comedians and the pandemic has changed. I don't know for how long, but it's changed the industry immediately. There's a lot of comics who've got loads of live work and now the people making them more money. Although these comics are getting further, thank God, people are making the money they wonder who've embracing the internet. There's people like Chris Purchase Green, if you check him out, really good comedian. People use Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, Twitter. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's a weird one. The old school way of doing things is um, obsolete for the moment of just going to gigs and making money. But, but don't, um, you, don't you think that that was, it was only a matter of time anyway, that we didn't really need COVID. Because I remember when I came into the industry, I, I kept hearing, oh, there are too many comedians. Oh, the comedy industry is dying. And then you had social media comedians. There are a number of people who've actually just broken into, even before COVID arrived, the likes of Jonathan Pyle uh, and several other, what they call social media comedians. You know, they do their stuff on YouTube and they go on tour. So it was only a matter of time. So you'd be foolish not to embrace the new way of walking, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, the COVID-19 has just hugely accelerated the process yeah. now. Uh, I think the once hopefully things get better, hopefully gigs will come back and they'll be sort of reset the industry. So make it more of a level playing field. So, I mean, the reason why, why I've done well so far I've been going 13 years and it hasn't been easy, but the reason why I've got signed, and I don't want to sound cynical, is because I tick a lot of boxes. And I think things have been reset because we've had the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, uh, people are talking about racism, people are talking about woke culture, trans rights, which I'm fully agree with. And so they want a little bit more diversity on television, and I think that's what they want. They want to hear people's different stories, you know? Yeah, why? Well, um, I'm surprised they don't want to embrace dictatorship. <laughs> they will see you. you have to you have to just uh go there and force yourself in yes that's what i that's what i'm gonna have to do because i take i take the box that i'm black i well i believe i am black uh, <laughs> i might be an old black because uh they tend to go for the younger black comics but also dictatorship uh yeah that that ticks a box as well so anyway so you want to talk about the pandemic what are your views i mean there's a view that this is all uh, a pandemic rather than a pandemic. What, where, where do you sit? What's your view about this? Has been going on for well over a year now. Yeah, it's been nearly going on for a year. My, my viewpoint is, I, I, when I talk about, it, I always like to make a disclaimer. COVID nineteen definitely exists. There's no doubt about it. It's killed loads of people. It's killed fit and young people with no underlying health conditions. Some people have had long COVID with have had, had long term symptoms, and it's really affected their long term health. So I'm not denying that. But we have to take a look at the picture overall. Uh, uh, the death rate is one in one million. It's still 50,000 people died. It. It's still horrific when someone dies of something. It's wrong. A lot of the people have died. Their average age has been 82 years old. Um, 
Also, um, people have uh, other comorbidities. Most people, there's only a hand, not a handful, but quite a few thousand people who've had no comorbidities, comorbidities. But people have had stuff like Alzheimer's, uh, heart disease. So not to sound morbid, but they, they would have had a great risk of dying anyway. So, and they're not telling us this, and that's the thing. They're not giving us the full figures and facts. And what the media are doing, and the newspapers, and to a certain extent, the government, is just scaremongering every day. And as I said, the disclaimer, we have to take this seriously, but we cannot scaremonger people. I've known people who are too scared to go out, and that's not the type of society we want to create. Well, uh, okay. The, let's let's start with the scaremongering. Is that down to the media or is it down to the people? Is it not down to the people to choose what they want to digest in terms of the information that they get from the media? Yeah, I think so. It is. I think that's totally what I think you see the pandemic is that a lot of people have been furloughed. A lot of people had a lot of time off. And, and, and it's quite easy for them to gravitate to BBC News, ITV, the 24 hour news channels. And that's where people started to get scared. And uh, and also, because as I brand myself as a bit of a conspiracy theorist, people are not willing to or listen to, uh, they're only willing to listen to the official version. They're not willing to look at other information from other scientists or other publications, or you're automatically considered a conspiracy theorist. Okay, and so you, you are not the sort of person who just relies on what you hear in the news. You, 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 you tend to do your research, you do some more reading uh, wouldn't you say that is all part of if people are the way they are, where they we graduate what they hear in the media and they don't do their research? Wouldn't you say that's partly because the educational system has failed? That's, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the problem with the education system it doesn't teach you to think critically. And I, I could just say I'm a at the end of the day I'm an idiot who believes in conspiracy theories. I don't want to put myself down, but that's the way I try to brand myself, self-deprecating. So obviously, I don't think critically myself, and I haven't in the past, and people have pointed that out about conspiracies. So it can go either way, but it doesn't matter whether you follow mainstream media or alternative media. We're not, think, we're not taught to think critically in school. We're not. We just repeat what other people tell us so we can get a job, you know? Yeah, Nine so to five, get that mortgage, get that flat, have the kids, don't think. Exactly. And this is one of many reasons why I invited you to my uh, podcast, because I think in Britain, there are too many followers rather than leaders. There are too many people who just follow what they hear and what they read and they regurgitate. I remember meeting someone the other day and he was repeating what he had read in the Sun newspaper. He was repeating what he had read or heard in BBC News without actually having a critical view, critical reasoning doesn't exist, I think, in Britain. I think uh, now that people have been furthered, a lot of people got more time off, but now's the time to just look into things. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people have now. And a few people starting to wake up, maybe saying not everything is what it seems. And as I said, I like to make this disclaimer, this is very real, but maybe they're not telling us the whole picture. Yeah, but maybe they don't need to tell you the whole picture. Don't you think that government exists so that they can protect their citizens. It's not everything that they have to say to their citizens. Yeah, I, to a certain extent, I think so. I mean, I remember 12 years ago in the economic crash, uh, uh, I think they were telling us something about the banks were being bailed out again, or they were taking off the stock market or something like that. Some critical information they didn't tell, because if they told the, uh, the public that time about that critical information, they would have extremely panicked. So I can say that to a certain extent, yeah, maybe. But I think it's a, 
I don't know, I'm a bit more dubious. I think it's a bit more sinister what the government are doing. I think to a certain extent, this is a political pandemic. Uh, can, you, can, you, can you please explain what you mean by a political pandemic? Do you mean that the governments around the world actually planted this virus? What, what, what do you mean by a, 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 a political pandemic? Not the government. I read an article in the British Medical Journal. So basically, uh, three things we that didn't tell us everything. First of all, we never heard about Sage, uh, which is the advisory group, mm -hmm. until the luckily the mainstream media exposed it. But now so you know. We, but now you know. Now, now you know. know. So the mainstream media and both alternative media do some great work. Also, they do some terrible work. But you just have to read in each individual article. But they exposed that. And what we found out is we have people like Sir Patrick Valence, who's got 600,000 shares in GlaxoSmithKline. These people, even though they're scientists, it's a political, they're subservient to big business and they've got shares or they've got links to these big companies. Neil Ferguson has got links to Bill Gates. I'm not saying Bill Gates is a bad guy. I'm just saying that the, there's a lot of money in this pandemic and they can make a lot of profit out of it. So, so, so they're needs might not be to the public first of all their needs might be to the vaccine manufacturers or the people who make the tests or as you can see the government ministers have given given contracts left right and center their friends so that so there's no transparency there and that's why i'd like i'm not saying that coronavirus it does exist but what i'd like to see in an ideal world is more transparency where government ministers and scientists are not linked to big businesses, it's just them. But then democracy will not work. I mean, it's not, uh, it, it, it's no, it, it's no secret that I'm not a fan of democracy, but the way you guys run your countries is you obviously have sponsors, you have lobbyists, you, you have people who pay for political campaigns, they, they sponsor the politicians. So it's almost like a contract, so they're tied. I am not surprised by what you're saying about how these government ministers are linked to pharmaceuticals, because that's what democracy does that is it's it and that's why it's not transparent what other alternative do you have done how else if you were if you were running britain how would you how would you do it well it's a it's a corporate democracy corporacy. i don't know if that's even a word but something like that so uh what what i would do is for us to come together we have more of that in common than the and that divides us. And the only way we can do this, and I don't think we can do it through the system to a certain extent. Now, I'm a Labour Party member, I'll continue to vote for them. But what we need is peace or non-compliance. We need a mass movement to come together like they do in France, although there's been a violence with the yellow vests, come together and make sure that, that our governments don't become dictators. You know, you use that word very loosely, dictators, because it's interesting. Because I've heard people say that you know, Britain, uh, yeah, yeah, because I've heard people say Britain is is very towards dictatorship. It's a communist state, communist state. I, it, it isn't. It isn't. It it, 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 it is not because you still have the opportunity to express yourselves. You still have the opportunity to abuse your prime minister. You have the opportunity to criticize your government. I mean, unless you're basically saying. Do you, you call it corporate democracy. I genuinely do not believe that democracy actually works. I believe that these people are not uh, politicians who look out for their people. These are career politicians who are elected to benefit themselves rather than the people. That is, it's as simple as that. So the system is broken. And that's why yeah. you have, yeah, the system is broken. That, you know, there is a, sorry, you're gone. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely believe the system is broken and it's, 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 I know, I, I look like a very undemocratic leader, but
though I have lived in this country now for 11 years, and I can see that this system is broken. Well, Labour comes in, they say they're going to fix it. They don't. The next government comes in, it might be Tory. They say they want to fix the NHS. The same issues have not been fixed for who knows how long. So what is the solution? The pandemic, I hear, I understand that people are concerned. I understand that people, some people believe it's a, you know, it's a, it's a political pandemic, that this is a, it's all conspiracy. There's no COVID. You know, I would challenge you on this uh, 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 comment that you made that uh, people with underlying conditions uh, are also dying from COVID. But if there wasn't COVID, would they be alive? That's a good question. For, uh, for what you said, first of all, you're talking about uh, Britain is not a dictatorship, but there's been increasing level of resources to silence people who are left wing, both here in America. I'm a member of the Labour Party, and uh, we had our current leader suspended. I think the whip has been withdrawn from him. Not our current leader, our old leader, Jeremy Corbyn. Corbyn, my friend, yes. Corbyn, my friend. And we're not allowed to discuss it. So many members have been suspended trying to discuss about Jeremy Corbyn, and it's a massive issue. It's out there in the public anyway. People are going to discuss it. But, that, but that, is not, that, that is not dictatorship. Dictatorship, done, done. Dictatorship is actually not just suspended. It's actually putting these people under house arrest. This it's yeah, about, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is, this is. This, it's not a dictatorship, 100%, but it's becoming more authoritarian where you can't speak about certain issues. And that Corbyn example is example. Or the resources in America mobilized against Bernie Sanders or someone like Elizabeth Warren mm. because they don't want a left-wing candidate. So it's getting harder and it seems the system is getting more rigged against genuine left-wing candidates, people who are genuine socialists and both in America. You, you, you know, it's not the data, but it's becoming, it's becoming less democratic. That's why, sure. why, why do you lot split yourselves between left and right wing? Why do you... Why do you say you're left wing and this person is? I, I've never really understood it. Why? Why is there a division? Why is That's it true. that? What, what, what is it? Is are you not supposed to be representing the same people? I mean, do the people? I, I I just don't understand it because I think that's uh, the crux crux of the matter. I when I'm on um, Twitter, I've been learning how to use Twitter. I just hear left wingers or whatever they call themselves attacking right wing people, right wing people attacking left. It's I don't. Is, is that what democracy has brought into... I want to I, I talk about the previous question about COVID-19, but before I do that, I'll talk about this. I, I see myself as left-wing, but I see myself as open-minded, and I'm more of an anti-establishment comedian. Mm. My, my philosophy is aligned with a hippie. Uh, we have more in common than the divide just. So the problem with the pandemic is I was, uh, was anti-lockdown, and a lot of left-wing people are against that. And a lot of people chastise me sharing information in the Daily Mail, and that's understandable in the Daily Telegraph, but hardly any left-wing or centrist platforms were sharing this information. So I think you're right about, we, to a certain extent, you don't need left and right. Sometimes that means we're too much in an echo chamber and we don't grow as people because we read the same articles, we listen to the same people, and we have the same opinions on everything. Exactly. I mean, we live, we live in a small world where no one can judge us. And if you go out to that small world, like if you're a conspiracy theorist, or you agree with one thing a right-wing person agrees with, then you're seen as the most evil person in the world. And I think we have to be less judgmental, or including myself, we've got to care less what other people think of us and go with your convictions on certain issues.
in my case, with the anti-lockdown stance. Yeah, and, and that embraces whether you're left-wing or right-wing. It's as if people are fixed on their views. I'm right-wing, so this is the approach, this is my view, that's it, and that's the right way. The same with the left-wing. Yeah, you, that... can't, you can't be fixed, that's for sure. I think when sometimes we need to go out echo chamber. chamber. As Chris Rock said, he's right-wing on certain issues and left-wing on certain issues. Don't make your ideologies too fixed to a certain extent. I'll always be left-wing, so I'm pro-immigration, anti-austerity, greater redistribution of wealth and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, I'm, I'll be anti-lockdown. So uh, I think we need to listen to other people. And uh, yeah, and Sorry. I think sometimes both on the left wing and the right wing side, they're both bad. They're, sometimes it can become too tribal. Yeah, it's, it's too tribal. It's become, it's, 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 it's hotful to read these things in the press. But uh, you mentioned Chris Rock. Who is that? Is that, is that, is that um, Dave Chappelle or is... That is no, Chris Rock, the comedian, yeah. He's right, basically, but he's quite political. So some people, I'm left-wing on certain issues, I'm right-wing on other issues. So Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, those people? Yeah, stuff like that. Well, well Kevin Hart's all that political, but Dave Chappelle and uh, Chris Rock, certainly now. I just want to say about, you saying about, uh, would, they, would they have died anyway? The thing with the, um, there's been studies are saying uh, that you could have COVID-19 but show no symptoms. So these people who have got comorbidities like Alzheimer's, like heart disease, yeah, they could show no symptoms, tested for COVID-19, and that could be on the death certificate. I think in America, they were paying people more money to, if you could get COVID-19 on the death certificate. Elon Musk was saying this. I don't know how true that is. So just because someone dead COVID-19 on a death certificate, it doesn't mean that they had COVID-19 symptoms. It doesn't mean that if they had COVID-19, it couldn't have been that bad. And I think they, the way they count flu deaths completely different to the way they count COVID deaths. And as I come back to this word, I just want them to show more transparency. So that's all. And yeah. also do the research figures yourself. The figures are there on NHS England, NHS Wales, and public and so forth. So I, I really suggest you do your research. Don't believe what I'm saying. I'm just an idiot who believes in conspiracies. Look, I, I come from a school of thought that if I'm reading something in the press, I just need to flip it the other side and try and understand where is this person actually coming from? I, I read stuff and I, uh, when I do my research, I find out that this person is connected to this person and that's exactly. why they have this view. But not everyone, I'm sorry, is intelligent enough to make that analysis. And that's what Britain has as a problem. Going back to the pandemic, so what's the, what's the, what's the solution? If, you, if, you, were, if you, you, you've spoken about transparency, and I think that is actually very difficult for a government to do because unless the government is very open, honest, because uh, I think some of the things that you're facing in England at the moment is that you do not trust your government. There, there's, yes. a, there's, a, there's, you know, the breakdown of trust. And so you can't believe everything that they bring out and, and the policies and, and so on and so forth. But Don, I don't know what, whether you have any political ambitions, but if you no, have- definitely but, not. But, but well, if, can I just uh, say um, about what to do? Uh, peaceful non-compliance, we still need to protest and they're trying to ban that or make it impossible. I mean, we had this guy called Pierce Corbin. A lot of people don't like him. He's Jeremy Corbyn's brother. And he got arrested. I think he got fined or tried to fine him. Uh, and the week before, they didn't arrest Black Lives Matter. And I'm for that movement as well. I'm just saying it's a bit because uh, the anti-lockdown is an unfashionable cause. Yeah. And a lot of people, uh, yeah, a lot of people on it can be seen as unfashionable people. And but when I went to one of the anti-lockdown protests, there were a couple of people's fascist flags. And we must make sure that we not do not ever do not ever give the protest there. We must still protest because there are a lot of black, Asian people from all different backgrounds protesting. And just because it's an unfashionable cause, we make sure that 
that we get treated the same respect as other causes. Not the same respect, but make sure we have our right to protest as well, whereas in other groups as well. And also, one way we deal with it is peaceful non-compliance. And also, there's, although I'm no fan of the Tory party, there's some Tory MPs, like the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady, who are speaking out against it. And hopefully them and a few Labour MPs can speak out and rebel against Why, why, why does that? I, I hear that 1922, that's the group that uh, selects the Prime Minister. Isn't, isn't that correct? Yeah, I think they, yeah, they had a uh, saying that last well, time. Why, why, why do you still have a group like that, selecting a Prime Minister, 1922? When you 2020... The Conservative leadership as well, because there's no... The, past part, the, the first party post or the system, yeah, meant that Basically, the about a hundred thousand conservative voters and the and MPs decided who the who, who the prime minister was, which is mm -hmm. Boris Johnson. So it's very, it's very undemocratic, or it's very yeah, and it's we need to have proportional representation. Yeah, well, that, that will never happen. That, that will never happen in in no no Britain. not at the moment. So, <laughs> so let's just let's, let's, let's just go back to the, let's just go back to the protests. So there are people. I, I hear they arrested quite a number of people recently for protesting about the lockdown. Well, they did that, uh, I think, uh, to Piers Corbyn. There was a German doctor who got arrested, but he got released yeah. the next day. Uh, and you mentioned you mentioned Black Lives Matter, uh, and you said that there weren't any, you, you your, if I've heard you correctly, you're basically saying that they're treated differently compared to other groups. Uh, is, it, is, it not, is it not right to say that at the time that they had the Black Lives Matter protest, the government didn't know exactly as much as they do. I'm not trying to defend the British government, but they didn't know as much as they do now about infection rates and how COVID uh, you know, infects no. other people. But with the Black Lives Matter, the infection rate, to my knowledge, didn't go up that much. And I was 100% yeah. support the protest. What I'm saying is I wish they'd give us a little bit more respect to the anti-lockdown protest as well. Mm. These were some scientists, mm. doctors. I know you had people like David Icke as well. Yeah. You scientists stop speaking out, and I wish the one of the fundamental rights is the freedom to protest. Mm. You know, and they they try to uh, take but that I, away from us. But but I know, but you still have freedom to protest. You still were able to go out and protest. This is this yeah, is but what, it's getting this harder. Is, this is what yeah, but this is what's so ridiculous about it that you are under a lockdown. You should, uh, and it doesn't have to be a dictatorship. If your civilian government is telling you that you need to obey the rules, why can't you obey the rules? Why okay, that's true, but, but if you think there's something going wrong, then we need that right to protest. And, and that's what we've been doing. So it's a complicated one, but there's, there should still be that legitimate right to protest. Well, you're, well you're, not, you're not winning the war. You're losing. It's not about winning the war. It's just about bringing... More people are waking up, I think, to what they think is going on in terms of the pandemic. There's also this thing which I haven't looked into called a great reset, okay. which is about. So just going back to the pandemic. So you've said that, yeah, you, you know that you, you're not contesting that COVID does not exist. You're just wanting the government to be uh, transparent in its approach. Yeah. Yes. How? What more can they possibly do that they haven't done right now for you? It's not what more they possibly can do, it's what more we can do. As you said, do our own research. Because this government is one of the most corrupt governments. They're giving their contract to their friends. So it's what we can do. We have to look beyond the news headlines and we have to go out of record chamber. Maybe read an article from the Daily Telegraph 
talk sport radio. I, I can't stand those radio stations to a certain extent, but sometimes well, you, we have to go outside the echo chamber. You, you mentioned that this government is the most corrupt government. Corruption has existed in Britain for a long time. Why is this yeah, government any different? But now it's more trans, not, not transparent, but now it's more obvious to see. And, and more than ever, it's important to expose it, especially during a pandemic, because mm. we've been in, we might have a third lockdown. So if we continue to have on and off lockdowns, this is the most critical time to expose that and to really find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we don't, we don't, half the world, and even half lockdown, Britain, or all of Britain was in lockdown just like that, yeah? For something that causes one in one million deaths. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people have long-term health problems with this, but they're not telling us that. And I don't want there to be other lockdown unless we're given the full information. So, okay, so you're, that's you, why it's important to expose this corruption. So you, you are for opening the economy? Yes, you are 100%. for 100%. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, sorry about that. People say opening the economy, you're in favour of business rather than saving lives. It's not true. Because if you close the lockdown, if you have another lockdown, the people who are going to survive are the big multinationals like Amazon, like the supermarkets. Mm -hmm. If you open up the economy, as Dr. Professor Carl Hennigan said, have social distancing still, like they did in Sweden, yeah? You're going to give big business, you're going to give smaller businesses a chance. You're going to give your mate's business a chance. And that's going to reduce the death rate because there's going to be less suicides, People are going to less likely to lose their homes. People are going to be less fragile because they can go out and stuff like that. As long as you do it responsibly, I think that's the best way because but it's do you, something but we have to live with. Do, but do you believe that British citizens are responsible, that they were responsible for social distancing? Did they obey the rules at the very first lockdown? No, they didn't, did they? Some of them didn't, but most people would. And we have to look at the statistics as well uh, about it. So, you know, and and the R rate and stuff like, we have to question everything about it, but most people did. I mean, I mean, if we don't, this is something as I said, we might have to live with, and I don't trust the information they tell us to a certain extent. So, uh, so yeah, so some people, but generally there's not gonna be massive crowds. There, there was a rave in Bristol, but there's gonna be pockets of that anyway, you know? But, and the whole people were, I found were generally good people wearing face masks and stuff like that. Oh, no, they were not. I disagree. They were not. I have instances where people were not wearing face masks. I have instances where people were breaching the social distancing rules. And, you know, your government needs to act if people are not obeying, following the rules. It's as simple as that. And it's, you know... I, I think most people, are, some people are not going to obey the rules. Maybe that's a police to enforce. But, 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 when, but when you involve the police, then you say it's a police state. You can't win. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't win. But there has to be there has to be law and order in democracy you know forget the bit about whether it's a dictatorship or not but there has to be obeying the rules and we know for a fact there are people who have not obeyed the rules they have social distancing. there are people who have not worn the masks there are people who have sworn that we know that people have not been responsible and i know they they, they the government is maybe like father christmas now so that those who are christians can see their family over the next five days uh, during the Christmas period. But what well, do you- My experience has been different. I've seen people generally obey the rules, but also the thing is this virus is so deadly that it's taking Christmas off. So, <laughs> so you, know, you know, they're not telling us anything about this virus. Again, I like to say it, it has caused long-term health problems, but the death rate is one in one million. You're more likely to die of lightning. Now that's to say, I don't want to get this virus not 
definitely 100% don't want to get it, you know? I, 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 I'm not I, saying that, but I'm just I, thinking that she gives us the whole picture. I, I, I pray I pray you don't get the virus. Uh, I pray no one gets it. I, yeah, you know, no one gets that's, it. That's the thing. People, sorry about that, uh, President, but people, when, when you talk about this, when you question lockdown, people think, oh, you want everything open. Uh, uh, you want everyone to die from the virus and stuff like that. Because when you argue on social media, people get very emotive, yeah? I'm not saying that at all. I'm being very cautious, uh, yeah? But I think it's time to open up the economy. And obviously, if we follow the rules, but there's questions and not. I'm not saying, I'm never saying this virus doesn't exist. And I'm not saying it's deadly. I'm just saying you have to look at the statistics as a whole. Okay. Um, I think this has been such a... We, we could go on forever on this. It's, it's clear that myself and Don are in opposite sides of uh, the spectrum in terms of the pandemic <laughs> or pandemic or what the solutions should be. But we do agree on one thing. And the thing that we agree on is critical thinking. And the fact yeah, that what, what, whatever you're presented, try and find the facts, do your research and don't rely on what is just on the media. It's second point. And also, I've, I've had a 40 minute conversation with you. I've, I've got to do more research myself. This is the best way to talk about it. There's no point talking about social media because sometimes you can't articulate your arguments. I'm not the best at articulating myself at most times. So the best thing to do is have a conversation. On social media, you just get into arguments for no reason and there's no point. But, 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 also, maybe... <laughs> but, but also, Don, it, when, you have, when you have, for those who have arguments with people from social media, that, that my my approach to these things is try and do some research where are they coming from if you are having <laughs> they, they, there yeah, is exactly. something driving them to have those views in the in 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 the, in the first place we also touched on how uh there is a view that this is the most corrupt uh government in in britain there also is a view that you know breakdown of trust within the government and people cannot 100%. believe yeah what, what believe what the government says um, we were not planning. I said he wasn't planning to find a solution uh, for the British government. I am not in power. If I was, then I would be able to find some solutions on this. But it has been, <laughs> it has been really. Like President Obonjo. Yeah, like President Obonjo, but they won't, they won't let me in power. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, but um, it's been really interesting to, to have a chat with Don because I have been following, apart from the fact that we geek together, I have been following his posts on social media. And um, it's really interesting how at times we put people into little boxes because I genuinely thought that he was a conspiracy theorist. I, I, I genuinely, until I had this conversation uh, with him earlier on, and uh, there's nothing wrong in being a conspiracy theorist if that's, if that's what takes your fancy. But um, uh, final word from I, you, Don. I just use that word because it shows, I did a show called Left Wing Conspiracy Theorist. It just yeah. so it gets people in, but uh, maybe I like to use the word critical thinker, whatever it is, but just... Uh, Conspiracy theorist is a word that sells quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, anything to sell your show. I know people who are saying that they're right-wing comedians when they're not, but uh, exactly. <laughs> they would do anything to sell their show. Uh, exactly. Look, it's been it's been fantastic you, uh, having you done. Uh, I will uh, talk to you after this, uh, listeners. I hope you have enjoyed this. Is this is this has been very engaging on a number of reasons because Don is a a political uh, comedian and very passionate about uh, politics. He also spoke about his friend Colvin. We never got a chance to, 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 to delve into that and what's happening with the Labour Party, which I actually believe they've got their priorities the wrong way because they yeah. should really be up there opposing each other rather than opposing the government. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, and that's, that's unfortunate that it's coming from someone who does not believe in democratic principles. You know, I could teach 
the Labour Party a thing or two on how to oppose <laughs> the government. <laughs> but Don, thank you so much for coming. Um, and thank you, listeners. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed what has been such an entertaining and engaging discussion about politics, uh, vaccines, pandemic, pandemic, wherever you believe you are in. Key thing is critical thinking, research. Don't believe everything that you read in the media because you should have your own views, your own voice. Find your own voice. It's really, really important. And I wish you all well. I pray you don't get the uh, pandemic. And uh, I will see you next time, same time, whenever I decide when I produce this podcast. Thank you so much, John. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having us. Cheers, guys. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.